And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Les and Powers. This is Scott Powers here with Mark Lazarus. Mark, hello, it's been a while. It has been. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Um, so I thought we'd start off today talking about the, the sixth round pick in yesterday's draft. and then uh, I was we'll thinking look. more of the Slater Cuckoo angle. I think that's a really big <laughs> one that we really need to spend about 25, 30 minutes on. Uh, it's funny. We uh, we went into today not knowing what Stan Baldwin would divulge and how <laughs> whether we – like often we're just waiting for the list to come out to get things verified about free agents and all these things. And and his opening statement today was the uh, information of this, that they're not going to re-sign Corey Crawford and – um, obviously, obviously, huge, huge news. I mean, this is this is a guy who's been part of the organization since 2003, drafted in the same classes. Uh, Seabrook only Keith has a longer, uh, longer time with the organization. Won two cups, been their number one goalie since uh, uh, since 2011, and um, it's uh, Stan Bowman selling this is you know they're going going younger, but ultimately they offered him a deal, and so it wasn't as if the Blackhawks had decided. From the start, they weren't going to bring back Coy Crawford, so th- this has a lot of financial, uh, you know, implications and them deciding on what they're going to do. And 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 I think it's Crawford not agreeing that with their initial offer, and then it came to this. But it's, uh, I, I guess that there's that, that's one story, but obviously the other story is Coy Crawford's legacy and his time with the Blackhawks. And I thought you summed it up pretty good in your in your uh, your instant reaction piece today. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I feel like the Corey Crawford is underrated angle kind of got played out after the second cup. And then we went to the world cup and, you know, he supplanted Braden Holtby as Carey Price's backup. And I thought we had kind of retired it, 
But then it kind of came back. Like when he when he left uh, when when he missed so much time with the two concussions, um, there was this sense that all of a sudden there's ah Corey Crawford who cares about Corey Crawford he's not that good anymore why is he coming back why don't he just go away, but he was really the only reason with, along with Robin Leonard for a few months this past year the only reason the Blackhawks were even mildly competitive since what 2016 17. You know, and that was a 50-win team that was one line. It was the Panarin, Kane, Anisimov line, which is phenomenal. And it was all Corey Crawford. And then as the defense just kind of crumbled around him, Crawford was the one constant. He was the only thing that kept that team good. And before his concussion in 2017-2018, um, he was keeping them in the playoff race. And then the second he was gone, the season fell apart. I, his value was never more evident than the past few years. But I think somehow... His his Stark almost kind of faded again in Chicago and in the hockey world at large. This is a superstar goaltender. This is a major, major, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champion hitting the free agency market. Uh, it should be a really big deal, and I feel like it's not going to make a ripple in the NHL because it's Corey Crawford. He's he's Chris Osgood in so many people's eyes, and he'll, he's always going to be that way, for better or worse. Well, for me, it's not even him becoming a UFA because ultimately it's, you know, he's with 35, 36 and, you know, like you're not looking to sign uh, a long-term goal. It's just him leaving the Blackhawks and him, you know, him having such a, uh, he got so often talked about as an underrated goalie that ultimately, you know, when you, when you continue to talk to someone about underrated, like enough of them, uh, enough of that adds up to where obviously he's, he's highly rated, you know, like, like the, the storyline was that he wasn't getting enough respect. And, but I think he that's was, the he, Sasha Barkov syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was being written about, about more than almost any goalie, you know, like it's, uh, but everyone kind of stuck with that storyline that this is a guy who did never got the respect, but he, he ultimately did. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it's strange because this bringing back Corey Crawford made a lot of sense for the Blackhawks. You know, he is your, your legacy goalie, and uh, he was still playing at a, at a really high level. And and I, I feel like some of this maybe Crawford's the storyline dipped a little bit just because of concussions and there was some uncertainty. But he was back at an elite level, and and ultimately the Blackhawks thought he outplayed Robin Leonard this year, and they gave him that chance. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just it. it even if you do want to go with young goalies, it would have been ideal. You bring Crawford back at, at a at a decent price, and, I, and it sounds like they didn't agree on that what that number was. But uh, you put that money in, and, and you have a guy who's going to protect your defense and allow your young guys, your young defensemen, to to play, uh, you know, play in front of an experienced goalie, and then also allowing either Delia or Lincoln an, an opportunity to get some more starts. You know, maybe Corey wants to play every day, but that just that's maybe that's the reality. You, you say. You know, we're going to try to play you guys evenly, and and whoever wins that spot, Dealey or Lincoln, and you know, you give them forty games too, and you kind of, it's this slow progression to make someone a number one starter. You 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 don't see it often where you throw two young guys in the net and and say go swim. You know, like this this is really interesting with the Blackhawks going with Delia, who has I think it's sixteen career NHL games, and Lincoln, and who has zero, and. Um, it's you know possibly Subban's in, in that mix too if they resign him, but it's it, this is really kind of uncharted for a team, uh, you know, to, to, to put two inexperienced goalies in there and then have uh, you know probably a lot of inexperienced players around them and then hoping that this all works out. Yeah, this isn't just go swim. This is go swim in these shark infested waters with this defense in front of you where you're going to get eaten alive. Uh, you know, I'm sure Colin Delia, Kevin Lankin, and maybe Malcolm Subban are they're champing at the bit. They wanted this opportunity. Delia thought he was going to be in the NHL last year before they signed Leonard. Uh, they're going to take it and they're going to try to run with it. But this is not a favorable position to put a young goaltender in, let alone two of them. This is not going to be a good defense next year. It's going to be a defense that's in transition. It's getting better. 
They're working on it, but they're going to have young guys in there. Ian Mitchell's going to be in there. Adam Boquist is still going to be in there. Uh, Brent Seabrook might be in there. We don't know what this is going to look like. You're losing Mata and Cuckoo, which was really your only stable pairing last year. So what is this team going to look like in front of, of Adelia and a Lankinen and a Subban maybe? It, it's it's kind of scary. And, and, and you know, I, I, hey, look, the Blackhawks haven't really made the playoffs in three years. This year was odd and they weren't going to make the playoffs. I'm all for a youth movement. I'm all for a rebuild even. But this isn't a team that can truly rebuild. I mean, you still have Kane, Seabrook, Keith, Taves. These guys are still in the lineup. You actually have a pretty veteran defense guy. You know, you got uh, Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy in there. Uh, maybe they move Brandon Saad. I know there's been a lot of rumblings about that. Pierre Lebrun was talking about that. You can get younger, and the Blackhawks are getting younger, but they're not going to do what, like, the Red Wings did this past season. They're not going to be just a bunch of all kids out there feeling their way. So how are Kane, how is Patrick Kane going to feel about this, not having Corey Crawford back there? That's been the safety net. How is Duncan Keith, who said you know, a couple years ago at the trade deadline, I just want to win. He's been saying that multiple times, that I want to be in Chicago, but I don't want to be part of a rebuild. I want to be here to win. Is Duncan Keith going to rethink that no-movement clause and go join Joel Quenville in Florida? There are so many things that are open now. The discussion changes with Corey Crawford gone, because if you're not re-signing Corey Crawford, you're not trying to win next year. And that's fine. The Blackhawks weren't going to win next year. They might have been able to sneak into the playoffs, maybe, but they weren't going to win. So if you're saying now, okay, we are in full rebuild mode, I want to know what Duncan Keith has to say about that, what Brent Seabrook has to say about that, and what Kane and Taves have to say about that. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of rethinking of that. In that, and part of it, and Bowman mentioned that it's not going to be all youth, but it's it's you know, ideal situation for the Blackhawks is kind of have like a supportive system. You know, you have you have a Duncan Keith for an Adam Boquist, and you have a, a Kane and Taves for a Doc and, and Nylander type of things, and and now to put the two young guys in net, like it just, yeah, it's, and maybe, who knows, maybe it becomes like a Jordan Bennington thing, you know, I mean, Delia and, and Lincoln and aren't, aren't kids, they're 26 and 25, and maybe, maybe they excel, but it's, I think it's more of an appearance sake, where in the past, I think the Blackhawks have tried to juggle this idea that uh, we want to go young, but we also want to win, and, and they're they're finally committing to the youth movement and it's hard to do when you do have guys like Keith and Taves and and Kane and certainly and even Seabrook too I mean they, they Seabrook I'm sure when he signed the deal thought he was you know going to stay on as, as as a competitor and, and a competitive team so um yeah those are conversations that you know ultimately they also signed no trade agreements and and some of that works on both sides like if the Blackhawks want Kane and Taves and Keith to stay with them um and and have them bring up the guys it works both ways you know where like maybe trading them makes sense too but um you know if I'm the Blackhawks though like do you do you want to have that conversation as well like those are the guys that are still selling jerseys at a high rate there's still the reason why United Center when there's fans allowed uh, are still being packed in the place and, and those are the guys who would help your young guys your your, your next core you know uh, get up to speed so I, I wonder if it goes both ways a little bit where the Blackhawks maybe they're not as uh, maybe they don't want to have those conversations maybe they want to have those guys in place to, to, to bring on the next generation of players. I can't help but wonder you mentioned the fan situation if Danny Wirtz and Stan Bowman and Rocky Wirtz had this conversation look we're not selling tickets this year. There's not going to be fans in the stands this year. Maybe this is a really good year to just throw the rebuild into the wind where you don't have to worry about yeah. selling tickets. You're not going to make that's money anyway. So I wonder if that has something to do with this. If that's, you know, I, I don't think that's the only reason behind it, but it makes it easier to throw a lousy product onto the ice. Potentially, it doesn't have to be a lousy product. There's still exciting young players on the team and some superstar talent. But if the team's not going to be very good, this is probably a good year to not be very good. Let this be the rebuilding <laughs> development year because. Yeah. 
you can't sell tickets anyway. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's interesting too that, and the fact that Danny Wirtz element and new president coming in, like they had to be on board with this. And I think Stan Bowman has had to sell this vision, you know, where, um, I think that, you know, especially the time spent in the bubble and, and, and Stan Bowman mentioned having kind of those larger talks with, with, with Danny where it's about where the organization is going. And uh, this is something they had to buy into where I'm not sure that John McDonough had always, at least not until they started losing this year, had really bought into the idea that this is something that has to be built long term. And um, yeah, no, this is, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I, I honestly didn't think it was going to get to this point where Crawford would be a UFA. Like, it just seemed to make a lot of sense for both sides uh, for, for Crawford to play out another year or two and, and kind of ease that transition in. And, um, yeah, and then, and then also not to co-sign a veteran goalie. Like, this is going to be a very goalie-heavy market come tomorrow. And uh, for the Blackhawks, probably not looking to get one of those guys it's uh yeah it's it's decisions i i didn't expect that would that would, would come i'll still believe that when i see it i mean they weren't planning on signing a backup goalie last year and they went out and gave robin leonard five million dollars there's money yeah. available if they can they can go there's like 16 legitimate nhl goalies on the market right now uh, they're not going to get like a they're not going to get a brayden holtby or a uh henrik lundquist or a uh even a jacob markstrom probably but you can go out and find a goalie there's going to be goalies available so i I'll believe it when I see it. When on starting on, on opening night, you've got Jillian Lankin and the Subban, two of those three guys playing. I'll believe that when I see it. But that's what Stan suggested. That's that's the plan as of now is to have those young guys in net. And you know it'll be interesting because fans have been clamoring for some kind of a rebuild for years now because we all we've all seen where they are. The Blackhawks, they were just a middling team that wasn't going anywhere. They weren't bad enough to get good, and they weren't good enough to stay good. And uh, the, this is the way out, in theory, is starting it from scratch, taking it down to the studs and letting these young guys and these European imports make their impact. And there's hope for that still. Uh, but this is extreme. And like you said, this is not something that I could have seen John McDonough allowing to happen, frankly. what's? I guess what's interesting, too, is that it's – and maybe this is what I kind of maybe even miscalculated was how much cap space they were going to create because the Zach Smith Smith thing was was part of it was buying him out, uh, and and they traded you know often they traded Mata and and don't have to carry a massive hit there and they uh, and they they didn't resign Cuckoo or Kajula because it, it sounded like they wanted those guys back but they weren't going to come back at the numbers they wanted and and I'm curious you know I'm curious too like tomorrow what UFAs are going to be able to get what they you know a lot of them are heading to the market thinking they're going to get more and and it sounds like a lot of teams are really. Uh, battling those numbers right now so but but you had 
you had that, and then you you know you had Zach Smith. It uh, you know that you thought maybe you'd free up another two million. So you know, looking at the numbers this morning, it looks like the Blackhawks had about ten million. Uh, you know, you, you factor in the bonus overage, and it's about ten million. And it sounds like the Blackhawks aren't going to spread the overage over two years; they'll so just be one year. So, uh, about ten million for about five players, and one of those being Kubalik. And we still don't know how you know things are going to fall with Strom and. Um, and, and then you're bringing up guys like Suter and, and some of those guys who come at, you know, 900,000 or so. But they, they need to fill up spots, too. And, uh, you know, Kellenick or uh, Carlson. And, um, yeah, the money's going to – I think financially the, the Bowman had numbers in place for everyone. And, and, and he was willing to uh, commit to certain guys if they came back at, at the numbers. And I think they were afraid that Cuckoo was going to go to uh, – to arbitration if he didn't get what he wanted and his analytics are really good and probably had a case and Kajula probably didn't just want his uh, his qualifying offer at 1.5 and and Crawford certainly didn't want to take 3.5 coming off a you know coming off six years where he took six million and was still playing at a high level so I, I it was all it's interesting because I, I don't know what financially if I, I think what they can actually commit to with a Markstrom or, or whomever hits the market tomorrow. Like I, uh, unless you bring in a veteran at a really low price, I, I don't, until you get that Kubelik deal done and, and them figuring out what they're going to do with Strom, I, I don't know what financially they, uh, they have in mind. Cause I think there's still a fair, and we talked about this just online the other day was the Kubelik going to arbitration and what that could cost them. Cause that's, that's gotta be the priority right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that Stan Bowman, you know, when he was talking today, he mentioned that, you know, just because these guys, other than Crawford, Crawford, they're not re-signing, but he said all the other RFAs, he's not ruling out bringing them back. Subban being one of them, theoretically Kajula, Cuckoo. I mean, if these guys go on the open market thinking they're going to make $2.5 million and the money's just not there because nobody's got the cap space, maybe they come crawling back and take a $1 million deal, and maybe that's Stan Bowman's game here if you want these guys back, but... I don't know. I mean, Kajul is a really useful guy, plays up and down the lineup, but if they're going to really bring Andrew Shaw back next year, he kind of makes uh, Kajula redundant. And Cuckoo was playing very well, but at some point you need to fit in these young guys. So all of this makes sense, but I do think that it does come down to dollars. I mean, if the Blackhawks had the money to spend, they would be trying to win next year, but they don't have the money to spend, so they're taking this opportunity as a year where they can kind of, you know, see what they have in these young guys and then, you know, decide what the plan is from there because I don't think the Blackhawks still really have a plan right now. I yeah. think this year is going to become some kind of a test for them where they see what they have, see how close they think they are with some of these young guys, and then act accordingly with their new president uh, in the following offseason. I don't I don't think the Blackhawks are going to do a hell of a whole lot in free agency. And that's the thing, too, where you don't know if Dealey or Lincoln is going to work out, right? Like, it just a year from now, they could be like, well, neither of those goalies are, are guys we want to commit to. And uh and one of those guys, you know, I guess they'll probably resign, you know, sign some other goalie to fill a need. But someone they have to commit a goalie to the expansion draft, and something that's, you know, who they're going to put on available in expansion drafts really has to be in the back of their mind too. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't know if either one of these guys. I mean, they both have shown uh, shown potential. I mean, Delia had really good stretches in Rockford, and then even had you know a pretty good stretch in Chicago when he came up at first, and. You know, Lincoln and had uh, you know won the the world championship for Finland a couple of years back, and you know started off last year really good in Rockford too. But then, uh, you know, he he struggled later on and then got hurt. And um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it's still kind of based on what they're projecting those guys to be. They're not they're not really proven, and you know, it's uh, I'm I'm curious how you know next year if it doesn't work out, maybe 
do they go searching for a goalie at some point just because it it isn't working out? Maybe it does work out, and, and, and one of those guys becomes their number one and and and, and takes that position. But there's there's definitely a, a roll of the dice with with this type of decision. You know, I wonder what the Blackhawks are going to do in, in, in a number of situations. Like if they're really committing to this youth movement, how can you possibly have Brent Seabrook playing every night, even if he's healthy, even if he's playing pretty well? And again, he was playing pretty well before he got you know went in for the surgeries. He was playing capably, so. How do you put him, though, on the back end and then you don't have Lucas Carlson or Ian Mitchell or Wyatt Kalanuck or any of these guys that they have waiting in the wings, even Dennis Gilbert? How 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 can you justify not bringing back Crawford but then saying, oh, we're going to have Brent Seabrook playing 18 minutes a night. We're going to have uh, you know Duncan Keith still as our, our number one guy logging 28 minutes a night. I mean, it, it's kind of this half-in, half-out thing that they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see these conversations and how this develops forward because – I don't know if every one of these guys is going to be in for this, like is going to want to be in for this. And I'll be curious to see how they handle it, how they move forward, what the defensive pairings will look like, what the forward pairing, uh, lines will look like, if they diminish some roles, if they you know, move another guy. Again, Brandon Sods in the last year of his contract, he'd be very valuable at the trade deadline, but he could also be valuable right now to a team you know, like a Boston that's trying to win right now. Uh, there's so much up in the air right now for the Blackhawks. It, it's, it's it's exciting in a lot of ways. It's you know we we were expecting the Blackhawks to look pretty much the same next year uh, with just maybe Pia Suter and Ian Mitchell entering the the picture. But a lot can change now. There's there's really this this decision to not bring back Crawford and to let the other guys walk is a directional shift for the franchise. They're clearly not thinking playoffs next year. Now they they they'll want to make the playoffs. Everybody always wants to make the playoffs, but by letting Corey Crawford walk over maybe a half a million or a million dollars, you are saying that the priority is no longer winning next year. It's developing all the young talent in the system. That is a major directional seismic shift for this franchise, and I'm really curious to see how it resonates with some of the older guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I feel like we've said I, I'm curious to see like a million times over the last 20 minutes. Like it just it just it opens up so many, so many questions of what uh, what this team's going to be and where and where it's going and uh, and even even with the defensive pairings like I uh, like Mott and Cuckoo were were arguably their best consistent pairing down the stretch and even in the playoffs and now those guys are gone and um, you know how many how many smaller defensemen can you put together like you know it, it's. How do, how does that work? I, I still feel like in the NHL playoffs we see teams with bigger defensemen and, and size and physicality, and and certainly Vegas uh, and the Blackhawks get a you know a good picture of what that looks like. And um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm yeah again, I'm curious to see. I'm what, curious to see. Like, <laughs> curious to see how this all this all plays out. But it's it, it does make it for a, a fascinating uh, another week. I, I don't know how much action the Blackhawks get. I, it's, it'll be. Uh, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see where those numbers uh, with Kubalik and and Strom come out, and then uh, where that lineup is, and then uh, and, and then again we're we're talking about a season that you know we're not sure where that when it's going to begin. You know, it, I know tentatively January first, but we'll see how the fall the fall plays out here with the with the virus and everyone being indoors more. So, um, yeah, I 
yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I, I guess I, I was excited to talk to you for another podcast, but I didn't know what this conversation would be like, and we, we certainly had a lot <laughs> to talk about. Any thoughts on the draft, the endless, uh, never-ending draft? Uh, our, our Corey Proman and Scott Wheeler were not really big fans of what the Blackhawks did. Yeah, no, it's, you know, Reichel probably wasn't the guy that, you know, a lot of people had going there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I I feel like we all jump in, and we talk about this a lot. People just have all these opinions about the draft, but I, I don't. I don't know enough. You know, it's it's about. You know, I do follow what what, what Corey and, and Scott say, and um, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised they went with Reichel, considering the type of player they like, and, and he certainly has a lot of upside. And I talked to uh, uh, Ice Baron's GM the other day, and, and I'm sure we'll write a lot more about him in the coming weeks about Lucas Reichel and. Um, and, you know, the fact they went in with another goalie in the second round, it, it hasn't been since Ken Simpson and Coy Crawford, uh, they've gone this, uh, you know, this early with a goalie. So it's been some time since they've really uh, been aggressive. So we'll see if Drew Camesos, Camesos that guy, uh, you know, uh, you know he's, he's headed to college and, you know, it'll be three or four or five years before we probably see him. But uh, Blackhawks certainly committed an early pick there. And um, from there, you know, I, I, I did my did some research, but none of those guys exactly jumped uh jumped off the page to me, but, you know, the Blackhawks, uh, you know, relatively, they've drafted pretty well, and, um, you know, they, they obviously added a lot of defense size, you know, when you look from the fourth round on. All of it in one guy. <laughs> um, Louis Crevier. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious, you know, I'd definitely like to do some more research here in the next few weeks, and, um, you know, my initial opinion probably follows what, what you know, I'll follow, at least uh, defer to what uh, Corey Prime and Scott Wheeler and all those analysts say. They certainly know those players a lot better than I do. But so, um, so w- would you would you say you're curious to see how it plays out? I am curious. I, I, I I'm also not mindful <laughs> not to say curious to see. Like I feel like we, I, 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 I heard to an do interesting word search there, yeah. after this thing. Of how long? How often we said that? Look, the draft is, you know, I, I, I harp on this every year. None of us knows what the hell we're talking about when it comes to the draft. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we do not see enough of these guys to make any kind of educated opinion. So we're, we're as dependent on anybody else on the Corey Promens and Scott Wheelers of the world to tell us what to think. So I always try to everything with a grain of salt. And, we, we, you know, when you're picking at number 17, it's like a, it's a coin flip whether you're going to get someone who becomes a star or not. Enough do and enough don't. Uh, this is all just one giant crapshoot. And five years from now, I'm sure someone will be like, oh, if you'd only taken Dawson Mercer or this guy who went at 22, yeah. uh, I'll imagine how different it would be. But yeah, but it, it's it's all a crapshoot at this point. The Blackhawks yeah. have a knack for drafting guys they see a lot. And they got a little smitten during that preseason game against Ice Baron. It'll be fascinating to see if that becomes the the legacy here is like this one f- random preseason game they played. And that's why they got this star player. Or if it'll just be another Mark McNeil type who kind of just fades out forever. Uh, the Blackhawks' track record in the first round is really, really good beyond Mark McNeil. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt at least. But it's going to be years before we can pass any you know reasonable judgment on this draft. Yeah, that's why I love the people who are just getting enraged by the moment. I wanted happens. this guy that I'd never seen before because I read one paragraph about him that said he was great. Yeah, I... Uh... And five years time, it's, it's some of it's fair. Like if certain trends come up where like there were concerns about this guy's development or size or, or, or you know, like, and, and some guys, you know, develop uh, certainly that you never saw expected. And, you know, you look at like Braden Point now and, and guys that, uh, you know, some guys say they'll know back then that they did. And, but, and, and I think it's, I think it's more fair. I mean, it's such a, um, you know, five years from now, uh, you know, even you're writing that story the other day about the Blackhawks rankings a few years ago where, you know, Secure is there and, and we're, we're talking about Shalunov and, um, and all these players and, and a lot of these players aren't, you know, 
are gone now or, and may never sign. And it's just, um, yeah. I, uh, well, let's keep in mind, you know, since Corey Crawford is the topic of the day, he was drafted in the second round in 2003, same as Camesso. He didn't become an NHL starter until like New Year's Day January of 2011, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was seven and a half years before he really entrenched himself in the NHL, and he went on to win two cups and become arguably the best goalie in franchise history. So, especially with the goalie, you're going to have to wait a long time. He said himself, I'm going to spend a few years at BU at least. Uh, it's going to take a long time to know if that's the pick that worked out well for the Blackhawks. I mean, by the time he comes in, he might be, you know, the 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 Colin Delia trying to knock off Colin Delia, who's now the Corey Crawford. I mean, this this is such a long process for a goalie that you know Carter Hart's are are, are rare. It's going to be a long time before we know if that was a good pick or not. I look forward to our 2027 podcast. I think we'll, what will what will the technology be like? Will it just be like in our brain and we think and then the, the, the words appear? I don't know how that's going to work. Or both be holograms? <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it will. Uh, I'm sure we'll come back to these uh, to these mics next week and uh, we'll talk about whatever else unfolds in free agency and uh, have a better idea where the Blackhawks are uh, shaping up to be. But yeah, such a such a big day and uh, yeah, big change of the guard for the Blackhawks. Fucking right, Chicago. Work your nuts off. <laughs> um, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. We'll talk to you soon. I can help even just a little.